0: All right, how we doing? We hanging in there, you guys have? You guys have uh, long days. This is impressive. Uh, I'm always seeing you guys out and about and active. That's pretty cool. Uh, I hope you're having a great time. Uh, after tonight, we're going to be halfway through the week, uh, halfway through the evening teachings, at least. Uh, so far, we talked about Mickey Mouse. If you remember, uh, Our union with Christ, putting on and receiving all the blessings and benefits of being clothed in Christ? That first night we talked about what it, we kind of gave an overview of, of what our, our, what it means to be united to Christ. Um, and then last night we talked about the prerequisite to our union with Christ, which is what? Remember? To be in what? To be in, to, to be in need, to be in need. Yeah, need to be washed No, to, the union, uh, your loves. And he wasn't wrong, uh, to be in need so that we might experience his intimate love of being washed. Um, and then I wanted to give you just before we jump in, what the next four nights, including tonight, are going to be like um, and where we're going. So tonight we're talking about the Holy Spirit and next tomorrow and I are talking about obedience to Christ. And so tonight, how we are empowered to obey Christ, these two, these two nights kind of go together. Um, and then the final two nights, we're going to talk about um, what it means to suffer in the world with Christ. In the final night, uh, we'll talk about what it means to be united to other believers, church, um, and how and how that affects um, who we are and, and how we live. So that's kind of where we're going. The first two nights was like, okay, we're covered in Christ. And the next four nights, included tonight, is like, okay, we've got the Mickey costume on. How do we adapt to the wave? How do we walk? That sort of thing. What's it mean to live in Christ? And so here's where I want to start. I've got three questions. I want you to talk maybe to two or three of you together and answer these three questions. Who is the Holy Spirit? Describe him. And if you're like, oh my gosh, uh, don't worry. Just say, I'm not quite sure. I don't have a good answer for that. That's okay. That's welcome. Honesty is always the best choice. Second, what comes to mind when you think of the Holy Spirit? And third, what does the Holy Spirit do? All right, so talk to your neighbors and answer these three questions. You don't have to be a precise theologian. Just give it your best go. All right, I'll give you a few minutes. <laughs> That's the only First, and so it's to second question what comes to mind when you think of the holy spirit is anyone brave enough to answer what comes to mind shayla yeah yeah give it to me what you got i think of him as an actual ghost it's just like a dude that happened yeah we got a cat, group, okay? cat group, ghost. okay all right no, that's good thanks shayla that's great. that's great uh uh anyone else want to share number two yeah okay we're sticking with the bobo family Okay, man. Okay, let's break this. The conscious with the good part, not the other part. <laughs> okay, that's good. All right, anyone else? Anyone else had a good one you want to share? Um, here's one more question. I want you to write this question down. And I want you to think about this question. Um, maybe think about this question, how you would have answered before tonight, and then how, how tonight maybe changes your answer to this question. And here's the question. If I were to take out everything concerning the Holy Spirit in the Bible... If we we worshipped a duo and not a trinity, if I were to just take out everything in the Holy Spirit, what difference would that make in your life? What difference would that make in your life? We've got a lot of of scripture to read. Um, Paul talks a lot about the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts. John here, and, and John is the biggest chunk of teaching on the Holy Spirit in the Gospels in the Upper Rim Discourse. Yes, go ahead. So, Questions? I, yeah. I guess I think... I like it. I like so well, I guess I think of the Holy Spirit. Sorry, I thought you were going to speak to the duo. I wasn't, but you can keep going. That's okay. like the person of no. God that, she works, works. personally, and emotionally, she in a,
1: So I'll, I'll I, so, I,
0: if the Holy Spirit was not in the picture, I don't, I don't always feel, you know, personally, emotionally, pushed sure. or not, but I think okay. if the Holy Spirit were out of the picture, I'd never. Okay, uh, well, tonight we're done, all right. Oh, come on, that's good, thank you for the answer, yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. Thank you. good. Thank you. Uh, yeah that's that's wonderful um, that's kind of where we're headed tonight um, here's what I want you to know is really similar to what what's your name Jacob Jacob. really similar to what Jacob would just skin at um, without the spirit we would be unable, spirit, be unable to change. Without the spirit we'd be unable to change Without the spirit we'd be unable to see Jesus Without the spirit we would not have salvation. Without the Spirit, we'd be left to ourself and our pride. But because of the Spirit, we can see and we can savor Jesus, and that changes everything. That's what this text is going to teach us tonight. I actually didn't put it on here, so I want you to open up uh, to your Bible or your app. Uh, there was, it was a lot of text, and so I didn't want to just be figuring out where to, where to go. Uh, John 14, we're going to start in verse 15. John 14, we're going to start in verse 15. Let me pray. Uh, God, we we come before you in need. Uh, We are um, in need to be uh, changed. And um, my my prayer, Lord, is that we would walk away um, more in love with you, that we would see you as more believable and beautiful. And that we would uh, see these other people in our room as our peers on this journey of faith with us. That we would be humbled, that we would be full of love. Lord, speak to us tonight through your word. We pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. John 14, starting at verse 15. Jesus says this, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's what we're talking about tomorrow night. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. That's some union right there. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, and neither let them be afraid. Fast forward to chapter 16, he picks back up the Holy Spirit. A couple more verses here. Chapter 16, verse 26. but when the helper i'm sorry i'm sorry 15:26 into into uh, the the last two verses of 15 and then into 16 when the helper comes who i will send to you from the father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will bear witness about me and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning I have said all these things to keep you from falling away. They will put you out into the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he's offering a service to God. And they will do these things because they've not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. let get down to verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. It's the reading of God's word. We've got three points for tonight. Who is the Holy Spirit? We're going to back up and just talk from a maybe biblical, theological perspective. Who is the Holy Spirit? Second, what has the Holy Spirit done throughout the history of the church? And third, what is the Holy Spirit doing for you individually? (laughs) Who is the Holy Spirit? What's the work that he's done in the church throughout history? And what's he doing for you individually? So who is the Holy Spirit? Um, We actually get an answer to this right away. The second verse of the Bible the main framework for understanding the Spirit and His work is the first two sentences of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness hovered over the face of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then a chapter later, God breathes life into man. That word breath is the same word as spirit. Spirit and man was formed. Right away, we see that the Holy Spirit is the acting agent in the world, applying for having come to be what God ordains. He takes what is dark and formless and he brings life and renewal. Without the Spirit, there would be no renewal around you. Without the Spirit, there would be no renewal within you. Without the Spirit, Paul seems to say Christ would still be dead. Without the Spirit, we would have no hope. Without the Spirit, we wouldn't have faith. Without the Spirit, we'd be dead in our sin, in our trespass. And I could keep going. You get the point. The Spirit takes what is dark and formless and void and creates life and brings light the overarching story of the Bible is that God created out of nothing. He took what was formless and he gave form to it. He took what was dark and he breathed light into it. From dust there became man, and it was good. The man denied the light. And darkness reigned. God enacts this plan of redemption. He chooses a family, and then he chooses a people to be a blessing or a light to a dark world. And he gave them a law to guide their hearts, but their hearts were broken. They failed. They were sent into exiles, and what you start to read in the prophetic books is they start to depict this day where the Spirit would come, and God would dwell with their people, and their hearts and their desires would change. So, for example, it's really hard to see, isn't it? In Ezekiel 36, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean, this, this was their hope, this was this time they were looking forward to. I will clean. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart, a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. This became the hope of the Jewish people, in Joel 2, and it shall come to pass afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all your flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and it shall come to pass, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The hope of Israel was the coming of the Messiah, and, and the era of the spirit, both of which God promised to come. And this is why Jesus says this audacious thing in verse seven, that it's to our advantage. Jesus says it's to your advantage and my advantage that he leaves to go back to the Father. Because his death, resurrection, and then his ascension began this era of the spirit. Um, D.A. Carson, he says this, The saving reign of God cannot be fully inaugurated until Jesus has died, risen from the dead, and been exalted to to his Father's right hand, returning to the glory he enjoyed with the Father before the world again. That is the work of the Spirit. Christ lived, Christ died, Christ rose again, Christ ascended to the Father, and the era of the Spirit began, the one that Joel and Ezekiel were looking forward to. And that's what we're benefits of, this side of Pentecost. So who is the Holy Spirit? He's the acting agent in God's world. Second, the Spirit's work throughout history. Um, how many of you in here, you drive a car? All right. All right. Most of us, uh, if you don't drive a car, you've sat in many cars. And so this will still work. You'll still understand what I'm saying. Um Here's what I want you to try to imagine. When you're going 80 miles down, 80 miles per hour down the, the, the highway, imagine staring at the windshield. Just actually don't try that because it'd be really dangerous. But if you're going really fast, like what's the windshield doing? It's helping you see out into the road. But if you were to actually stop and just stare at the windshield, um, you would probably get in a wreck, right? The windshield is there for a reason. It's there to help you see out. And I don't know if this is true, but my guess, like, why do cars have windshields? Part of the reason probably is because, like, debris would come in, and the wind would be too, too strong, and you couldn't see. So without the windshield, uh, we couldn't see. But with the windshield, we can see, and we can see out. So what does Jesus teach here in, in this passage? What does the Spirit do, and what has the Spirit done in the life of the church and the life of the believer? the Spirit does for the Christian, is this. He makes it possible for you to clearly see Jesus. He shows us the truth of Christ, and he guides the believer in that truth. He is the windshield. He helps us see, see out. He helps us see Christ. And we see this in John 16, when the Helper comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. What's he going to do? He will bear witness about me. The Spirit's role is that of a windshield to help us, to enable us, to see and to believe Christ. The Spirit is here, as one person I read says, is here to convince the world that the reality of God or the truth of God has come in Christ. That's his task. The truth of Christ The beauty of Christ, the work of Christ, the mission of Christ. He helps us see and believe him. And that guidance into this truth, um, this happens, this applies for us individually. I'm going to get to that, but also this has actually happened historically. Um, so what do I mean? Well, I want to look at uh, a few of these few of these texts right here. Uh, John 14, 26, the helper, the Holy Spirit and the Father will send, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And then later in 16, he says, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority. He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me and will take what is mine and declare it to you. All right, so the first thing to know about this is that this is not meant first and foremost to you today in 2022? This was something that Jesus was teaching his apostles that came true. That came true. So when we say that we believe the holy S- scriptures are inspired by the Holy Spirit, you know, one of the main reasons one of the main reasons we believe that's true. You know, in the in the in the 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 gospels and the letters were written thirty years approximately after the the ascension of Christ. And how do we still claim that it's the inspired word, the inspired truth of God? How and and how do all of these gospels and how do all of these letters teach the same central gospel message? How is that possible? No, it's because the Spirit came and brought to remembrance, to Matthew, to Mark, and to Luke, and to John, and to Paul, and to Peter, and to James, and to Jude. Brought to remembrance all that he had said, right? He guided them into all truth. Um, Have I've been reading a book, um, actually, I got the book from the library, and then I realized it was about 800 pages long. Um, And so I've listened to a lot of interviews of the author about his book. This is too big for me. Um, It's a book by uh, Tom Holland called Dominion, and it talks about the history of the church and the message of the gospel. And this, this dude is an atheist. He's just a historian who's been amazed by how the message of Christianity has changed culture after culture, generation after generation. Have you ever wondered how that's possible? how the same central truth of the gospel gets into a people and changes it from the inside out because the spirit guides his people into all truth have you ever wondered like how is it that we have these um these doctrines how is it that we have these creeds how is it that we have the bible that you're holding in your hand because the spirit has guided his church throughout history into all truth protecting Christ's bride from heresy. These things have come true first and foremost. That's what I want you to see. Um, a, a theologian I studied said this, the Holy Spirit is, is uh, the great teacher who has interpreted the Son and thereby the Father to the church and to the world forever. That's been his, his work and so after Christ descended, the Spirit made made uh re- revealed and, and, and came, breathed life into the teachings of Christ. So that they start to connect dots of like, oh man, I remember that foot washing that we looked at a few minutes ago or last time. I remember that foot washing and now I know what that was pointing to. Right? I remember what Jesus said that they, I was to destroy this temple and I would build it up in three days. Oh man, I remember what that was referring to now. He brought truth to their to their hearts and to their minds. He guided them, inspired them. That's what we mean. That's been the work of the Spirit through the church historically. So what's the work of, of the Spirit in our life individually? It's my last point. Um, one thing I've just been fascinated by, I don't know if, if any, is there any NCAA football fans in here? Um, okay, a couple. Okay, well, oh, shoot, I was hoping there's going to be a thing more than that. I don't know if you know this, but the NCAA uh, is, is at least football is kind of in shambles right now. We're like, there's these mega conferences that are building and all these teams are getting piled into these new conferences and no it's running the whole thing. Money. Um, because, you know, ESPN has a sponsorship with the SEC. And so everyone wants to be in the SEC so that they can be on ESPN. Well, where does ESPN get their money? GMC and oreos and gatorade and nike and state farm the world that you know runs on advertisements the world that you know runs on advertisements of the reason you you stay on tiktok for four hours is because of advertisements you're stuck on that thing because scientists have kept you stuck on that thing so that they can make money off of advertisements a youtube you know you can pay 10 bucks a month and not see any ads but YouTube runs on advertisements. Our world runs on advertisements. Um, how how is it that any professional athlete makes millions of dollars? They're getting their money from you, the consumer, who's buying the purchase, who's buying the stuff that's being advertised at the, on, on TV during the game. Okay, I watched too much sports. Sorry. Um, so wh- why why is that? Like, what do these companies know? Well, these companies know that. We are a people who see something, and we desire it. You might not desire it right away, but you're going to desire it. And that desire actually is going to change the way that you behave. It's going to change the way that you act. So right now, you're not probably in the market for State Farm, and you might not be in the market for a new car. But when you become in the market for that, you have seen hundreds of commercials about State Farm with Patrick Mahomes, and you've seen hundreds of commercials on cars. And it's going to come to your mind. It's going to change your behavior. So they're getting you now by, by helping you see their products to stir your affections and your desires so that your behavior might change. They know that we desire what we see and that what we desire changes how we act. So, how does the spirit change the individual? Right there. Right there. Now listen to what Dane Ortlund says. The Spirit changes and works in the heart of the individual by making Christ wonderful to us. The third person of the Trinity does his work in the individual by spotlighting the second person of the Trinity. The Spirit is the effectual cause of your growth and holiness. Christ is just the object to contemplate in your growth. you See what he's saying? The Spirit is the windshield helping you see out into the world. The Spirit is the windshield helping you see Christ and see him more beautifully. It's seeing and savoring Jesus Christ. Um, C.S. Lewis says that there are three people um, in this world. There are those who live purely for themselves and their own selfish cares. That's the first. Second, There are those who acknowledge there's some moral code outside of themselves that they ought to follow, whether that's their culture code or their code their parents taught them or maybe what the Bible says. And so they try their best to follow it. And the third type of person is the person who desires to obey. They aren't the person who obeys perfectly, but they desire to. And he concludes saying the core of Christian living is not simply doing what God says, but enjoying God. The core of Christian living is not simply doing what God says, but enjoying God. And the Spirit in your work is guiding your inner being into all truth, that we may see Christ more clearly, that we may desire Him, that he may be more beautiful to us, that we may believe his work and his love more. Um, The Spirit is the advertisement, so to speak, helping us time and time again look to Christ, look to Christ, so that in those moments of temptation, in those moments when suffering hits, in those moments when you're broken up with, Where you're not invited over, in those moments when you're figuring out where you want to go to college, what you want to do with your life, in those moments when life hits, you've run the ad so many times that right there you look, and I know what to do right here. I know what to do, and I desire that man who loves me and saves me and calls me into a better life. That's the work of the Spirit. And the individual. He's guiding you to his to to the second person of the Trinity, our Lord and our Savior. Um, you're gonna you're gonna split into small groups here in a little bit, and I want you guys to really chew on what that means for you. What it means to desire God and how it is that you start to desire him. That's what you're that's the main question I want you guys to really chew on in your groups. Um, but I'm finished and let me pray. Um I'm gonna sing a few songs and, and break up. Uh, Lord, we thank you that you uh, that you have protected your church by your Spirit, guiding her into all truth. That you have guarded us from the evil one, who has come time and time again the same tricks to distort your truth and to to uh, tear down your truth. But Spirit, you have um, united your people to believe what is true about your Son. I pray, Lord, for for those in this room that. Um, are bombarded with all sorts of narratives of what, of what's true. I pray that that you would continue to guide them and help them discern more clearly what what it is that you have for them. In those moments of despair, in those moments of temptation, in those moments where they're they're just accused and full of shame, would they by your spirit be empowered to see more clearly your son. I pray this in your name. Amen.